Are you happy? Or let, me, let me look at you just a minute. You're, are you okay? Huh? Ready? Ready? You you on, you on your way. You on your way. Romans chapter 14. Would you turn there, please? Romans 14. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Somebody might say, you just, you just got a habit of saying that. Well, if you don't have that habit, it's better than the habits you got. <laughs> but no, I, I mean it. I mean glory to God. In uh, Romans 14. Man, I'm getting happy just thinking about this. Romans 14 and uh, 17. Anybody got this one marked? In your, in your Bible? Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But, in other words, but the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy. <laughs> you like that, don't you? I like that too. <laughs> Boy, you can sure tell when the Lord's in something, can't you? Joy in the Holy Ghost. That's old English. Ghost is the word pneuma for spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He said, for he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. In what things? In righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's acceptable to God. That's part of serving the Christ. Let us therefore follow after the things that make for peace. He brings that up again. That's one of the three that he mentioned, and things wherewith one may edify another. The, the NIV says it like this, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is the realm of God's dominion. Now just that, that one phrase lets you know that God is not in charge everywhere. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Now a lot of people don't like that statement because they're like, you know, no, 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 God, uh, God's in control yeah. of everything. Hmm. Really? Everything that's happening on the planet is God's will and work and plan? No. Remember one of the things Jesus taught his disciples and us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Well, then it's not all manifested. Right? Right? Right. Thy kingdom come. What's the next phrase? 
your will be done on earth. Now hold up, hold up. To hear many people talk, the will of God is being done on earth. Huh? Many people teach and preach that everything that is happening is somehow the mysterious, unknowable, maybe you don't understand it, but it's somehow the will and plan of God. If it is, then there's no need for us to pray that God's will would be done on earth because it's already being done. Everything that's happening already is. Is there a difference between what's going on in heaven and what's going on on the earth? Come on, that's not a trick question now. I mean, you you should get that one right off. Huh? How much crime do they have in heaven? Huh? How many pandemics are they having in heaven? Huh? Are they having to close things down in heaven? Are there whole sections of heaven? You start to go there, they go, no, you can't come in here. It's closed down because of the the virus. No, no. Somebody say, no, 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 nobody's hungry, nobody's sick, nobody's broke, nobody's depressed, huh? nobody's on drugs, nobody's being abused, nobody's having crimes committed against them. You know why? Because God's will is being done. In heaven. Unhindered. Unrestricted. His will is being done. His will is not being done. In large measure on the earth. Which is why he told us pray. That it would be done. On earth. Like it is in heaven. Now we're still talking about the kingdom. The kingdom. Of God. King. Dumb. Dumb is the root word of dominion or domain. Of course, king is the king. What's the kingdom? It's the domain of the king. It's where the king rules. It's where the king is in charge. It's where the king's will is being fulfilled. And on earth, the only place that's happening to any extent is in the lives of his people. Those who have bowed the knee to the lordship of Jesus and are seeking his will and giving place to his word and his spirit in those lives. And that's some of that's some of us, right? Raise your hand. That's huh? That's why the Bible says the kingdom is in you. Hallelujah. You're in the kingdom. And the kingdom is in you. That includes his word, his will, his plan. And here we have a powerful statement by the Holy Spirit of what the kingdom is not and what the kingdom is. What is the kingdom not? King James says meat, but we'd just say food. Eating and drinking. Yeah. That's not the kingdom. Amen. <laughs> Come on, help me out. Eat, eating and drinking. Eating and drinking. This is not the kingdom. Not the kingdom. 
Is that just my idea? Well, that's scripture, right? That's what what he said. Why would he say that? Well, if you read this entire 14th chapter of Romans, it was an issue in the church that uh, some folks were eating some things that were offered in sacrifice to idols, and there was debate about what was okay, what wasn't okay, And there were a bunch of people that had gotten saved that had no Jewish background about clean, unclean foods and all of this. And so there was some uh, actual strife over. And uh, notice the Holy Spirit didn't say, now we got to straighten everybody out on this. Hmm? We got to get y'all's diet right. Don't misunderstand me. Some of these things are important. But they're not the kingdom. And their effect and import is very limited and very temporary. And we need to watch about things as ministers and churches. What we emphasize. Because we should be emphasizing kingdom things kingdom is that right kingdom things kingdom things are spiritual hmm? did you notice every one of these are spirit righteousness that's spiritual peace that's spiritual joy in the Holy Spirit spiritual we're to be emphasizing spiritual things most of all doesn't mean we can't help and do some natural things but that needs to be down the list of our main focus and energies many churches in the country and world have been relegated to humanitarian efforts primarily and they get you know you'll catch some persecution if you're not primarily emphasizing natural things. The greatest need of mankind is not natural. It is not. You can gain the whole world. And if you lose your soul, what have you done? What have you gained? You've lost everything. It's, It's good to help somebody get something to eat when they're hungry. It's good to help somebody get some clothes. It's good. Help somebody get some water if they don't have clean water. We've done some of these things. We're going to continue to. But there are other able, strong organizations that are doing some of these things. Is that right or not? Our main job is not that. Our main job is going to all the world. Huh? And proclaim the good news. And you'll find out that the good news is what Jesus preached. It's what John the Baptist talked about. Of course, it's what all the apostles, since uh, after, after the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel of the kingdom is a phrase you'll see over and over again. And we haven't talked enough about the kingdom. The kingdom is the biggest thing going. What do you mean? There's coming a time soon and very soon 
when there won't be any other nation. There will only be the kingdom of God. Have you read Daniel? Have you read Revelation? Have you read other places? I was praying about some things like most of y'all some weeks and months back about elections and about all the other things. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what about some of this? He said something that surprised me. I was not expecting what he said. He said, I'm not a Republican. And I'm not a Democrat. He said, I'm not American. Well, is he? No. Huh? No. <laughs> Boy, you'd think he was to hear some people talk. Is that? <laughs> now, he cares about us. You know he does. He loves us. He has done so much for us. But uh, you must not treat a party like it's the church. And you must not treat a leader like he's the Christ. Because all these things going on now, they last about that long. And in a thousand years, who will know or care? But the kingdom, oh, the kingdom, the kingdom will just be advancing and getting bigger and stronger. Hallelujah. You believe it or not? Now, don't misunderstand me. Yeah, you pray for your country. Yes, you pray for things. You do. But what is the kingdom of this kingdoms of this world and what is the kingdom of God? What are temporary kingdoms and what is the eternal, everlasting kingdom of God? And this had to do with eating and drinking. But can you see how that expands? They're getting into it over food and can you see that kosher not kosher what market was it at Uh, did they offer it to some uh, some false idol and who knows can we trace its uh, origin you know Uh, and and he said listen the kingdom is not eating and drinking How many know there's a lot of other things the kingdom is not? There's a lot of things the kingdom is not. But what the kingdom is, help me out. Righteousness. Come on, it's righteousness we're talking about and talking a lot about and just getting carried away over. Is that, huh? Peace. is peace we're talking about, preaching about, shouting about. It, huh? Yeah, right. Is it worth talking a lot about and just yeah. going on and on about peace, peace, yes. peace? Yes. And how about joy? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Is that worth talking about? A lot. And emphasizing. And actually you can tell when you're getting off. When you're emphasizing something too much instead of the kingdom... Why? Because you'll be losing joy. You'll be losing 
peace. And you'll be getting off of what's right. Are y'all okay? Can we keep going? Tell me about the kingdom of God. Y'all remember that little chorus we used to sing? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Y'all remember that? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. It's kind of high. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. We've got righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Y'all remember that or not? Yes, sir. Somebody kept thinking the rest of it. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. Everybody say righteousness, peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. We've got righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. I said righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. I've got righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. And you'll be singing that tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> and that's good. Because those are the things we should be focused on most of all. Look with me in the 15th chapter here, just a page or so over Romans 15 and 12. Romans 15, 12, again, Isaiah said, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles in him shall the Gentiles trust. And all the Gentiles said, Amen. Do you you trust him? Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God of hope. Now that word can also be translated confident expectation. Someone said, I thought he was a God of of faith. He is. He's also a God of hope. You got got to watch our vernacular because a lot of times when people say, I sure hope so, they're not talking about this. They use the word hope in lieu of the word desire. What they mean is I want it, I desire it, and there's no Bible hope or faith in that phrase. But uh, faith is the substance of things confidently expected. You are so persuaded of something that you are in an excited expectation of seeing it, experiencing it. Happening, can you see faith and hope are inseparable? They're connected. And so he said, the God of hope, confident expectation of good, fill you. Somebody say, fill you. Come on, are you, are you looking to the scripture? Is that what it said? 
Somebody say, fill you, fill you. So this is not that you have some. We're talking about getting full. Getting full of what? Fill you with all joy and we can say all peace in believing. The Lord gave me a a sermon some years ago that I preached on uh, Brother Vic Victory and Brother Terry Trial. <laughs> I'd listen to Brother Vic talk. He's always having a victory. You listen to Brother Terry talk, he's always in a trial. <laughs> and they're going down the same road. And when I'm talking about how terrible, there was a hill. Somebody said, you know, church coming around, it's testimony time, and Brother Terry Trial stood up. And he just wanted everybody to pray for him that he'd make it through somehow. Yeah. And he'd just come over the hill. Uh-huh. Only he said, mountain. Yeah. And he came up on the rough side. Yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all know what that is. On the rough side. <laughs> I'm laughing because some people know what that is. He came up on the rough side of the mountain and he was doing his best to make it. <laughs> but the problem was, Brother Terry's vehicle was not in good condition. His uh, carburetor was clogged up with oh, yeah. ungodly stuff, and, yeah. and his plugs were filed yeah. with ungodly stuff, and he's hitting on two cylinders, uh-huh. and he's barely making it is, and he was only doing 35 when he reached the base of the hill. And so when he started up, he downshift, and he downshift, and now he's chugging and chugging, and any miss, and he's going to roll back down all the way, and some way, somehow. He made it over, and it, it was terrible. Yeah. But and then somebody said, "Brother Vic, yeah. Vic Victory, didn't you come over that hill, over that mountain?" He said, "That little hill? <laughs> yeah, it's the same one, you know, right over here." Oh, that was okay, no big deal. Mm. Why? Because Brother Vic Victory was put to, put up the scripture. He was full. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, y'all going to help me preach this. He was full of joy. And you know the joy of the Lord is your strength. He was full of joy. He was full of peace. He wasn't stressed out about anything. And he was praising God. And he was doing 85 when he reached the base of the hill. He was on his way. He was moving. And all he had to do was downshift one time and put his foot in a little bit and he only slowed down to 72. <laughs> same hill. Somebody say, same hill. Somebody say, why do you say that? Because the Bible said the same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren throughout the world. And there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And so you hear people talk like it's always terrible, terrible. You hear other people talk like, well, it ain't that big of a deal. Amen. Praise God. 
It depends on how tuned up you are with God. It depends on how clogged up you are with worldly and ungodly stuff. It depends on what's in your tank. And the Lord dealt with me. He said, son, as you go down life's road in your faith mobile, the two gauges that you need to keep an eye on is the joy gauge. It's the peace gauge. Because these gauges let you know how you're doing. How things are, are going on under the hood. How your heart's doing. Because if, if you get low on joy and you get low on peace and you keep going like that and you don't refresh and you don't renew and you don't get filled back up with joy and peace there's going to be some chugging and some knocking and it's going to leave you on the roadside of despair (laughs) and since that time I have it, it stuck with me that I need to keep an eye on these two things in my life. My joy and my peace. Because there had been times in the past in my ignorance that I, I lost my joy. And I'm busy doing the work of the ministry. But I'm not having much fun. And I, somehow or another, I got low on peace. That's right. I'm not peaceful. That's some irritation, mm-hmm. agitation, yes. frustration. Mm-hmm. When you got that, uh-huh. you're not doing good That's right. spiritually. That's Amen. right. I don't care how many degrees you got, how many scriptures you can quote. You lose your joy. You're not fellowshipping with the Lord like you need to. You you lose your peace. You're listening to things you shouldn't be listening to. You're feeding on things you need to get away from. And and you're not feeding on the right thing enough. Whether it's you, me, whoever it is. I missed it in these days how I learned. But I'm convinced now that no matter what, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And a big part of my witness is my joy and my peace. Because that shows I'm in faith. I said that that shows I'm in faith. If If I don't have peace, I'm not in faith. If I have zero joy about it, I'm not in faith. Put the the verse back up on the screen, please. (laughs) The God of confident, joyful expectation fill you with all joy and peace. What? In. In If you're in believing, what are you going to have? Joy and peace. Every time. Joy and peace. 
that you may abound in hope. That means your expectation just keeps mounting. And you were excited, now you're even more excited. You were settled about it, now you're even more settled. That means you're doing good. You're in faith. (laughs) Are you all okay? Is it true or not? Skip down to verse 32 in this same chapter. Notice how he's, he's ending up. Verse 32. He said that I may come to you with what? See he brings it up again. By the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Is there refreshing in the peace of God? Is there refreshing in the joy of God? There is. We live in a generation of the chronically fatigued. People that don't sleep, they don't rest, they push, 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 push. And if you lose your joy and you lose your peace, you're getting off track. The least little thing that comes up is going to overwhelm you. Can you see this? And it's not a good witness. Because when you get like that, you're impatient. You'll snap. Hmm? And you're not walking in love. Not keeping the command. You get angry and sin. (laughs) Instead of not sin. Say things you shouldn't and later regret it because you're too much on the edge. You're too close to carnality. The story is told about a little boy that kept falling out of bed when he went to sleep. I mean, he'd go to sleep, next thing you know, kaplump. He fell out of the bed. This happened again and again. Finally, his mom come in and He's sitting on the floor rubbing his head. She said, boy, what's, what's going on? He said, I guessed I stayed too close to where I got in at. <laughs> stayed too close to where I got in at. Many Christians are there. They live on the edge of the bed. They stay too close to the stuff of the world that they were delivered out of. You need to come on, get all the way in the middle of the bed. That way, if you roll a little bit one way or the other, you're still in the bed. You're still. (laughs) But you need to come all the way in. That's not going to church regularly. Oh, what did I say? What did I say? (laughs) Going to church regularly. Reading your scripture regularly, praying regularly. (laughs) There's all kind of preachers that don't, they don't pray much. They don't tithe. They don't give. Of course, they tell everybody else to. There's all kind of Christians, they, you know, they got time for. Uh, golf and fishing and uh, pottery and <laughs> soccer and football and basketball and 
hunting and everything else, but somehow just can't make it in on Sunday. Just can't. Well, somebody said, well, I can, I can be just as good a Christian as you or anybody at the house, you know, in my own way. Absolutely, actually, you cannot. No. You can't be a good Christian and ignore the Bible. You can't just write your own stuff. <laughs> We're told don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, aren't we? We're told things like this, and there are many reasons why. When the Lord directs you to be, you know, we've had with the virus and all this, and now that we've got uh, internet and we've got all the other things, a lot of folks are just watching online. And and in some places, that's all you could do, and and even still, and I get that. We're thankful we got that. But if the Lord directs you to be in the place, then you're going to miss all kind of things by not being there. And you're not going to have your joy built up and your peace becoming. You see what I'm talking about? That you need to get something on a regular uh, basis. Why? Because he said, those that honor me, I will honor. Making the effort to wake up when you don't have to. Get your little self ready. Huh? Drive to the building. Is showing a measure of respect for God and his things that other people are unwilling to show. It's giving him something, submitting to him that many other people are not willing to do. And if you will do that, you will get things that you cannot get any other way. You will get things that other people don't get. And what happens is cumulative. We, we see in the churches numerous times people lay out of church, come twice a year, and then three years later they have some big thing problem and they want to come in and get help and they want in one counseling session what they're supposed to have been getting for the last three years. Now God is merciful. He'll help you. But part of that just can't be done. And if you do chug over the hill and make it, yeah. it'll be by the mercy of God. Is that right? Yeah. And you could have just sailed over it yeah. like Vic uh-huh. or Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> if you had been getting tuned up every week, Amen. been getting filled up every week, Amen. been getting inspired, instructed, reproved, corrected, all those things, we all need it. Then you'll find out the Spirit of God will have you ready. He'll have you ready. Things will come up and you'll go, so that's why pastor's been teaching on that for the last four weeks. That's why I've been led to read that and study on that. He'll have you ready. You need to be in the environment. You need to be in the atmosphere. And you need to show the respect for it. And when you do that, Jesus said, whatever measure you meet to it, that's how it will be measured back to you again. Can you say amen? Amen. And 
You cannot serve remotely. (laughs) You need to serve. Life is short. Soon and very soon your life's going to be over. You're going to be out of here. All of us need to contribute something of our talents and our time and our treasure to the local church. Yes, that's right. Ask, take this before the Lord and ask him about it. I'm not trying. You know, a lot of you, you know, you don't even live here. And so this is not going to affect uh, us necessarily directly. But this is an answer to some things you've been missing in your life yes. and struggling with. You've been trying to get it apart on your own. And you can't get it because that's not the plan of God. Right. It's the plan of God for you to get it through these other connections. Yeah, that's good. And for you to be a blessing to them. For it to flow, these God joinings that last past this life. Hallelujah. How do we wind up here? The God of hope. Somebody say those next words. He do what? Fill you. With all joy and peace in belief. If you're in believing, how could we tell that you're doing good in faith? That you're, you're strong in faith about this? How could we tell? There will be some joy about you. There will be some peace about you concerning that situation and thing. Have you found that the enemy is a master of distraction? And that he's always trying to get you and keep you uh-huh. upset That's right. about something That's right. all the time. That's right. And he looks for the thing that particularly irritates you. <laughs> and when he finds it, he deals with everybody around yes. to talk about it yes. and get on it. That's right. Why? He doesn't just want you upset for an afternoon. He wants this to become a way of life for you so that after months and even years, you no longer notice that you have no joy. You have no peace. You're no fun to be around. You're always mad about something. And oh, you you justify it with your righteous indignation and even quote scripture. But... The bottom line is, you got no joy. You got no peace. And you're always agitated, always aggravated. No patience, no peace, no joy. People get tired of that. They get tired of being around that. That's why a lot of marriages don't continue. That's why people get let go and fired. They're just tired of seeing that grumpy face come in every day. It's like <laughs> always. And you don't dare bring up some subjects because they will go off. <laughs> Anger. They're mad. They're upset. It's not right. 
Oh, honey child. There are billions of things on this world that are not right. (laughs) They were before you got here. (laughs) They will be after you leave. But are you going to let them ruin a nice sunny day with your spouse or your child? Hmm? Or somebody else? You You could be enjoying life. I said you could be enjoying life. We're on a mission this week. We're on a mission. I believe I have a directive from the Lord. We need to learn how to enjoy God. Every day of every week and every night too huh we need to learn to enjoy our salvation enjoy our righteousness enjoy the victory we have in Christ enjoy the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts. Enjoy every good and perfect gift that He has put in your life. All the people He's put in your life. It's a choice. You can always find something to gripe about. Don't care who you are, don't care what you got. You can always find something to be mad about. And the devils he's crafty. He's slick. He knows how to push your buttons. But just check up on yourself. I want you to look at your gauge cluster here. Look look at look at your panel. How's your joy gauge? How you doing? Huh? Eighth of a tank. How's your peace gauge? Come on, help me out. How's your peace gauge? Huh? Can, can you tell? Are you mad now about what I'm preaching? <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> But there was some laughter there. And that's a good thing. I said, that's a good thing. We must stop letting the devil play us. Hmm? We must stop allowing these wrong spirits to influence us so that we're irritable and mad and upset and all this stuff all the time. We are believers. We are the victorious ones. A big part of our witness is our joy and our peace. It's a big part of our witness. Big part of our witness. Oh, this joy is so refreshing. The joy of the Lord. A manifestation of the pure joy of the presence of the Lord is a taste of heaven on earth. And there are different measures of it. You can experience so much of it. 
you're intoxicated. Drunk. Without all the bad side effects like the other stuff. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Tell me about the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I saw some gauges bump just right there. I said, some gauges bump up a little bit. Came off the zero. Came off the zero. I see some smiles I hadn't seen all night. I see, heard a laugh. This is good. I said, this is good. This is this is really good. This is victory. The Bible said in, in Job, he said at destruction and famine, you will laugh. Did he say that? You remember, remember that? At destruction and famine, what? When's the last time you laughed? At COVID-19. <laughs> now what would people say? It ain't funny. <laughs> the more seriously you take it. Shows the more afraid you are of it. And if you're full of fear, you have no faith about it. Can you see that? The stronger in faith you are, the less afraid you are. Hmm? So you need to need to take this thing seriously. Well, I get that. And you don't need to be foolish and dumb. Some folks call everything we do dumb. They want you to go hide under a rock and wait till five years from now. um, No matter how you feel led to deal with it, you should not be afraid. And you should not take the devil so seriously that you wouldn't dare laugh at destruction. Famine. When you're laughing at destruction and famine, it's because you know God's going to get you through. He's going to take you no matter what. You're coming through. Hmm? The enemy, the Bible said he, he goes about like a roaring lion. Seeking. Whom he may devour. Don't you like that phrase there? Didn't say he goes around devouring whoever he wants to. No. He's looking for who he can devour. We've been on that subject in the church here for a while. And we've all decided around here we are may nots. He may not. Huh? Huh? He may not devour. He's going to have to look for somebody else. The enemy is the proudest being and his cohorts are the proudest beings you will ever hear about. 
And it makes them mad if you don't take them seriously and get really scared of them. But God didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of power, love, sound mind. That's not shaking in your boots. That's, huh? That's not no peace, no joy. My great granddad was shot and killed when he was 21. And my granddad was shot and killed when he was 21. And on my mother's side, I was the next boy. And my grandmother used to show me pictures of him in the casket and say, you look just like him. (laughs) You look just like him. Hair is just like him. Features just like him. And she's showing me the picture. He's in the casket. And then she'd cry. (laughs) Well, the enemy was planting seed in me. And then they'd they'd get all misty-eyed and go, isn't that strange? Both of them shot and killed. 21. Just in the prime of life. Both of them. Isn't that strange? And the enemy would bring that thought to me. You'll soon be 21. You better live it up while you can. You better. Because trying to put that that thought in me. And the enemy would bring that thought. You you won't make it much longer. You won't live long. Isn't it strange? What happened to them? What happened to them? And... um, Thank God I found out about being redeemed. Before I got to 21, I found out that I'd been redeemed, including generational curse junk. and I've been redeemed. I actually found out that sometime after that I was involved with some guys trucking and I went to see one of them and, and uh, I guess I, I was, I'd have been about 20 or so, I guess, at this 19 or 20. And so I went to the truck, banged on the door. Nobody answered. Nobody answered. I was supposed, we were supposed to talk about a load and some stuff. And I saw the guy some days later, and he said, uh, was that you that came and banged on my door? I said, yeah, were you there? He said, yeah. He said, I took too many drugs. And he said, I was, I was spacing. He said, man, I had my 357 pointed at you through the door with the hammer back. See, the enemy had a setup, didn't he? He had a setup. But I had already started saying, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. But that had been so ingrained in me that even after I got to Bible school, that thought had just come sometimes in the middle of the day. Uh, you better enjoy it. You know what's going on because you won't, you won't last much longer. You won't, you won't live much longer. You've always known that. You know, in your heart. You've always known that. 
Man, you got to watch superstitions. They will kill you. They will take you out before your time. Finally, one day, I'm learning in school about faith and about being led and about the Holy Spirit and how he'll help you. He's my helper. Joy in the Holy Spirit. That thought came to me again. And I thought, I was kind of pausing, entertaining it too much. Like, why am I still thinking about that? And the Spirit of God on the inside of me. See, the enemy will bring thoughts and feelings to the outside. But they didn't come from the inside of you. You're born again. The Holy Spirit's inside of you. Just came up from my heart to my mind. He said, why don't you ask him why he hasn't already done it? And man, just about five seconds passed and I got it. And I got sassy. I thought, yeah, yeah, bad boy. How come you haven't already taken me out? It's just because you like me. Just thought you'd give me a little more time. Because I sure acted stupid enough plenty of times for you to take. I mean, I've wrecked cars. I've done all kind of crazy stuff. I mean, every summer I'd go to the emergency room to get sewed up. Just... Just doing crazy stuff. <laughs> Plenty of opportunities. And the Lord had quickened to me. He hasn't already taken you out because he can't. God's protecting you. His angels are protecting you. And if you'll walk with the Lord, you can finish your whole course with joy and go when you and the Lord get good and ready for you to go and go the right way. But I said all that to say this. I stopped being afraid of that. Yes, amen. Come on, can you hear that? I stopped being afraid of that, taking it so seriously that you couldn't possibly laugh about it because don't laugh about that. That was my great granddad and my granddad, and and that's my heritage. And you just don't understand this kind of of thing has has scarred me, you know, (laughs) emotionally. You know, grandma showed me that when I was a little boy, and it just really just stuck with me. <laughs> well, you can live scarred if you want to. But there's a healer in the house. He will set you so free from all that junk that it'll be like a bad dream that happened to somebody else a long time ago. You can get free. You can get free. And he whom the Son has set free, he is free indeed, totally, completely, unquestionably free. All you got to do is receive it. The one thing we're getting into, and I hope you can come back tomorrow. And keep going because we're going to build on this, I, I think. Believing is a choice. I want you to say it out loud. Believing, Believing is, a is a choice. Many people don't understand this. You will hear otherwise intelligent people say things like, I'm sorry, but I just can't believe that. 
That is an untrue statement. Yeah, that's good. No such thing as a person that can't believe something. By nature of what faith is, it's not based on what you see or feel or understand. It's a choice. That's good. You choose to believe or you choose not to. Amen. It's a choice. That's why anybody, anywhere, can be born again. Right? Anybody, anywhere. The Lord has made it available so simply. Also, resting is a choice. Say it out loud. Resting is a choice. It's connected to believing. It's connected to what you believe. Can you see what you choose to believe is going to affect whether you're upset or whether you have peace? Right? Resting is a choice. And another one, rejoicing. Oh, you get a hold of this and start practicing it. You become a spiritual man or woman. Say it out loud. Rejoicing is a choice. You can feel like 20 miles of muddy road. You can feel lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. You can feel bad and choose to rejoice. I said choose. To rejoice. You can have all manner of things come against you, and the feelings are real. And the thoughts can be strong, and they can push you towards depression. They can push you toward confusion. But because you're a born again child of God, and you got the greater one on the inside of you, you can stand up from the inside and say, No, no. I choose not to yield to this. I choose to rejoice. And you can start rejoicing. And that even though you may not feel like it at all, you can start rejoicing. And that act of faith gives you access. Access to the anointing that's in you. Access to strength. Access to wisdom. And the more you rejoice in faith, the more flow you'll have and the stronger it'll get. And it's so sad that the enemy has convinced millions of Christians to just sit and be depressed. And he's convinced them they cannot help it. They cannot change. They don't believe it's a choice. They believe they are victims of their feelings or their DNA or their background or their upbringing or any number of things, but it's not true. There's something more powerful than that, and it's he who's in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory and the God of the hope of glory will fill you with all joy and peace when you're in believing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Go ahead and lift your hands right now and say, Lord, I choose to rejoice. I choose to believe. I choose to rejoice. I rejoice in the God of my salvation. I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice. I rejoice. Go to 1 Peter 1, chapter 1. This is not based on anything you feel or anything you see, any natural thing. This is kingdom of God. This is where God has dominion. And that's where you want to get and that's where you want to stay. Where God's manifesting in his domain. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. First Peter 1, verse 8. We'll back up to verse 7. He said that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Our faith is going to be acknowledged uh-huh. and praised God. in time to come. God. Is that amazing or is that amazing? amazing. Your faith, my fa- whatever faith we walked in. Verse 8, whom having not seen, hadn't seen him, yet we love him. Well, then we're doing it by faith because we hadn't seen him. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice. Say that phrase. Believing, you rejoice. Say it again. Believing, you rejoice. The Lord gave me a phrase some years ago. I wrote it down. He said, doubt despairs, complains. And is sad. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. If I'm depressed, what do we know? You're not responding in faith. You're not choosing to believe. You're not choosing. What have I I got to rejoice over? Well, that's a good question. Nothing. That's, that's the effect unthankfulness has on the mind. Romans talks about when you're unthankful, your understanding is darkened. The more unthankful you become, the dumber you get. It's a spiritual reality. What do you mean? Well, you get to the point where you don't think you've got anything to be thankful for. You got nothing good going on in your life. It's lies. I said it's lies. That's how people get hopeless. That's how they get suicidal. But what did the psalmist say? Bless the Lord. Soul, I'm talking to you. Do you need to talk to yourself sometime? Do you need, huh? Soul? Come on. Get with it. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, 
bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Then he starts naming them all. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He delivers me. He sustains me. Renews my youth. You don't have to feel one thing to initiate that. You can always choose to look at something that's wrong, something that's hard, something that's bad. You can, and you can, and most people do, stay upset, agitated, frustrated, depressed, angry about something all the time. And what they don't realize, just about time you get that thing sorted and fixed, there's something else to get upset about and to get mad about. And you don't realize you are staying in this frustrated agitated, no peace, no joy existence. You're not enjoying life. You're not enjoying life in God. Not enjoying His presence. And that makes you so much less than what you should be to the people around you because we don't expect believers, unbelievers, to be full of joy and peace. Right? Right? And so they need people like you To come in with that sunshine smile. Huh? And then no matter what's going wrong, they just look at you and you are virtually irritatingly positive. You just, you just won't agree with doom and defeat. You just won't go along with it. And the worst scenario in the world and you go, yeah, but God. <laughs> like the psalmist said, I won't fear though the earth is removed and the mountains slide off into the sea. Now, this is some serious stuff. <laughs> How in the world are you not going to be afraid? Because you know someone who makes planets. Yes. He's your papa. Papa, planet maker. Thank you, Lord. Yes. 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 And this one already had a lot of problems anyway. Yes. We're told new heavens, new earth. Yeah. Yeah. Are coming. But notice this. In believing, and I'm just about done for now, I think. Though you see him not, what do you do? This is not based on anything you see or feel. Yet, believing, what do you do? You rejoice with joy unspeakable, inexpressible, and full of glory. He goes on to say, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Some of the strongest faith you will see is you get a bad report where other people just curl up and fall over and you go, ha! Ha ha! Uh-uh. No! Ha ha ha! And you start thinking of scriptures and you start thinking of benefits. 
Here's a, here comes a giant bill that you weren't expecting. Hmm? Huh? There, there's some things sometimes in ministry so obvious. The enemy's trying to hit you, trying to hurt you. It's so obvious. I guess you, you learn as you go and you just recognize things better. And you go, what? Really? You're going to try that again. Well, make it light on yourself, bad boy, because I'm going to make you eat it for the next 30 years. Somebody say, what What do you mean? What do you mean? Because I'm not just a conqueror. Yeah, more than that. I'm not just a conqueror. I think about Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. and how they thought he was dead when he was born prematurely and all the problems they had. And they, they were going to bury him right there behind the house almost in the country back many, many years ago. And he continued to live, and, but some of the best doctors in the country said he could not live past age 16. And sure enough, when he started getting close to that age, he became totally bedfast. They said, there's no hope, no hope. If you read his testimony, you, you saw with, with no help from anybody else. I mean, preachers told him healing was passed away, <laughs> right? I mean, one, one of them, you know... Uh, infamously took his hand and patted it and said, just be patient, my boy. In a few more days, it'll all be over. No help at all. But God showed him Mark 11, 23 and 24. He showed him the one with the issue of blood. Her faith made her whole. And asked him, has faith been done away? No. And he got a hold of it. And he received his healing miraculously. And then he went and preached for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades telling, turned out to be millions of people all over the planet, how that they could resist the devil and they could be healed and they could overcome him. And don't you know that the enemy many a time wished he'd have put that on somebody else that would have just died with it. Is that right? And go on. And no, he won't shut up about it. He just keeps telling people how Jesus is total victory and how you can put the devil on the run and you can be healed and live a good life and that's what you got to do he comes trying to hit you something do not break and fold and cry do not throw your hands up and despair hmm? don't do it I used to do some sport fighting when I was a teenager and uh when I was I was 13 one day and I, one night and I fought a guy that was 17. He's a lot bigger and stronger than me, and he kicked me in the ribs and fractured a rib. It hurt so bad. And of course, I'm young. I'm 13, you know. I fell on the side. <laughs> I'm holding my side. I'm grimacing, and my instructor he swoops down on me. He says, "Sit up, sit up, sit up." <laughs> he said, don't let him know that he got to you. Where do you think he's going to kick next? Huh? What? Have you ever watched boxing? Have you ever what? When somebody gets a cut or gets a hurt, that's like the spot, right? They're trying to nail that again and again. He said, uh, 
Don't never let your opponent know that they got to you. Don't let it show. And it will discourage them. It'll discourage them. And so I struggled through that. Obviously lost that fight. (laughs) I struggled through that. But then a few years later, I've learned a few things and I'm doing better. And I got in into a match. And this guy, he actually did some things a little bit shady, but he nailed me in the mouth. Have you ever been hit hard in the face? Oh, boy. Eyes tear up. And there's like one thing ripping through your brain. Hit them hard. Hit them hard. But I was able to catch myself and step back. And I just, I just did this. And I smiled at him. And I saw the color go from his face. Because that was his best shot. He had put everything into it. And I was feeling it. Oh, yeah. But he thought, what? That didn't even, did it even hit him? (laughs) Why am I talking about that? You got an enemy. Always trying to nail you. Always trying to hit you and hurt you. And if every little tap you go, oh, 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 then what's he going to do? Oh, he, he's the guy, I got him, I got him, you know. But when he hits you with his best shot and you go, huh, okay, was that it? <laughs> it discourages You don't want to encourage spirits to harass you more. You want to resist them. They don't know everything. You want to resist them and make them try to look for something else. And you want to be like we're talking about a conqueror, but even more than a conqueror. And you say, look, make it light on yourself. Because I am not laying down and quitting. I am not. I've already got the victory in Christ. Hmm? And I'm on, I know how to stand. I know I have authority. And we've been through this before. And not only that, I'm going to tell everybody. You couldn't do it. <laughs> and I'm going to make you eat this. For the next 35 years, I mean, you're going to get tired of hearing about it. I'm going to tell other people. What am I saying? Can you have some joy doing that? Can you have some peace? What what the scripture say in James? My brethren, count it all. Count it all. Didn't say it always felt like joy. If it always felt like joy, you wouldn't have to count it joy. Count it all joy when you fall into divers, temptations and problems and trials and tests. Knowing this, that it's working something in you. Endurance. Hallelujah. Perseverance and endurance. And when you let it have its perfect work, you wind up stronger, smarter, sharper, perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Can you say amen? Amen. You're not the defeated victim. You are the overcoming. More than a conqueror. Victorious one in Christ Jesus. Stand on your feet, everybody. Hallelujah.